Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest in entertainment and celebrity news, including Jesse Smollett being indicted, why Amber Heard legal problems might cost her her role in Aquaman 2, and how Gabriella Union and Dwayne Wade is showing support for their transgender daughter. So let's get started. Roll it. Joe, J.A.G. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up in NYC. Up on the train and the radio is all I need. In the views and celeb news, I let see. That's entertainment. Who became famous? Number one source of pop culture. Radio or not, we gon' chase it. That's entertainment. Save adolescents from the ghetto conversation. Gotta make a change in. That's entertainment. Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So, baby, don't forget the tune. The bins is nice and jazz is the better cruise. The rich don't call. Entertainment intro music. How is everybody doing? If you are just tuning in and you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment, I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and that way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, the call-in number is 347 637 and press the number 1. Again, that's 347-637-2656. And press the number 1. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain one You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, like the high heel shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Gibbs. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a sunny, cold 45 degrees. Uh, before I get started with the show today, in two days, it will be Valentine's Day, and as long as I've been having this show on BTR, every year I do a Valentine's Day show. It's a music show where I play some of my favorite R&B and sl- slow jams. Unfortunately, I'm not doing a show this year, and it's crazy because out of the, the 10 years going on, 11 years I've been doing this show, I always had a Valentine's Day show. But uh, fortunately, I'm just I'm going out of town this weekend, so... That's why I'm not doing one this year. But uh, for those who have been supporting the Valentine's Day show, been loving the slow jam, R&B music, celebrating Lover's Holiday, unfortunately I'm not doing a show this year. But you can always go back to the archives and check out last year's show um, or the show before that. So if you want some nice music uh, for the weekend and, you know, the just slow down. And even if you're not celebrating Valentine's Day, if you just want to wind down, if it's been a hectic week for you and you just want to chill and just relax and just want to listen to some soothing music, Please tune in to the archive show of Valentine's Day 2019 if you're interested. 
Also, uh, last week we uh, found out just when we went off the air uh, last Wednesday, at, matter of fact, it was Wednesday evening, we found out that uh, Kurt Douglas, the actor Kurt Douglas, passed away at 103 years old. He lived a long, long life. So we want to say condolences to the Douglas family. Um, also, last week, we failed to mention uh, Shannon Doherty, you know, the star of 90210 who played uh, Brenda on the show. Uh, she was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, so we're just wishing her all the best. Uh, she mentioned that she was she the cancer had came back, and the reason why she didn't let anybody know is because you know they were doing the reboot of nine oh two one oh and it wasn't until the passing of um Luke Perry that she decided to say, "You know what I'm gonna tell the world that my cancer came back, and it just was her duty to come out and let people know that you know it the, the cancer she was in remission, it came back." And she's still fighting for her life, and the, and she had kept it a secret, but it wasn't until the passing of uh, Luke Perry that she decided to let everybody know that it did come back. So we're just rooting for her to uh, to make it through. I know stage four is one of the the survival rate is not that great, but. Um, uh, we're just hoping and rooting for her to to keep fighting and. Uh, you know, it's just to stay strong. Also, uh, the Oscars was this past weekend. Uh, it was one of the lowest rating uh, shows uh, out of all the history of the Oscars. Uh, as usual, the Oscars didn't have a host. and But Parasite was one of the biggest winners of the night. Uh, the dark comedy thriller film won the coveted Best Picture Prize. Uh, Sunday night, becoming the first film not in English language to win in the category. Now, executive producer uh, Mikey Lee was joined by director Bong Joon Ho and the cast on stage to accept the prize. The South Korean film edged out 1917, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Ford vs. Ferrari for the prize. Uh, moments before going up on the stage to receive the Best Picture Award, uh, director Bon Joon Ho was named Best Director in his first Oscar in the category. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, Bon Joon Ho, he won earlier for original screenplay, which he shared with Han Jin Won. The movie also made history as the first South Korean film to win in the foreign language film category, which is renamed International Feature Film this year, bringing its total win to four. And taking another big prize at the event was uh, Renee Zellwinger. She won for Best Actress for her role as Judy Garland in Judy. Wokwan uh, Phoenix, he won for Best Actor for his portrayal of the psychopath villain in Joker. And Joker also collected a total of two awards, having won original score. And uh, the other winners was uh, multiple trophies were 1917, which received three for visual effects, cinematography, and sound mixing. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won a total of two wins, including Best Actor for Brad Pitt and Best Production Design for Barbara Ling and Nancy Hyang. 
Uh, Best Supporting Actress went to Laura Dern for her role in Marriage Story, while Taka Watiti took Adapted Screenplay Oscar for writing Jojo Rabbit. Toy Story 4 was named Best Animated Feature, with American Factory taking home the award and Documentary Feature category. So congratulations to all the winners of the 2020 Academy Awards. Even though it met with some controversy because no film or actor of color was nominated this year. So it led to the controversy about Oscar being so white again because in 2016 we was it was the same thing. Uh the only uh actress of color was nominated was Cynthia Erivo for her role as Harriet Tubman. She was the only one. So Jesse Smollett is back in the news, and guess what? He has been indicted on charges he made a series of false reports to the Chicago Police Department. Officials claim he staged a hate crime attack against himself to gain publicity. The six-count indictment has been brought against the former Empire star by Special Prosecutor Dan Webb. Last year, Smollett was accused of hiring two brothers to stage an attack on himself outside his Chicago apartment. Police leaders filed a 16-count felony indictment against him for filing a false police report. But Jesse was released from custody in March of 2019, and Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox dropped all charges against him. Now, Webb was appointed in August to re-examine the case against Smollett and determine why the charges were dropped. Smollett is now due in court on February 24, 2020, according to local news channel Fox 32. The scandal cost Smollett his role on Empire. And speaking of of, uh, actor whose role might be in jeopardy, uh, Amber Heard, Ongoing legal dramas with her ex-husband Johnny Depp may cause her an acting gig. The actress who starred as Mara, a.k.a. Aquaman's love interest in the 2018 movie, may lose the role in the upcoming sequel. Words are that Warner Brothers is actively discussing about possibly replacing the 33-year-old star in Aquaman 2. While still there's no final decision of the matter, several executives at the studio wants to recast the role of Mera due to the bad press surrounding Heard and the huge number of fans who are now turning against her. Heard has been embroiled in a legal drama with her former husband, Deb, who she accused of domestic violence during their marriage. Deb paid Heard a settlement of $7 million, which she donated to the ACLU and the Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Later in 2019, Deb sued Heard for defamation after she wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post in which she made a claim about being a victim of domestic abuse and allude to allegations she made against Deb in their explosive 2016 divorce. Recently, a leaked audio recording surfaced from one of the couple's therapy sessions in which the Machete Kills actress admitted to hitting the Pirates of the Caribbean actor. Following the leak on the audio, people demanded justice for Johnny Depp and launched a petition on Change.org requesting the removal of the actress from Aquaman 2. More than 190,000 people had signed the petition. Previously, WB was also considering to replace Depp in the Fantastic Beasts franchise due to the domestic abuse allegation against him by Heard. The studio, however, made the controversial decision to keep him for the 2018 sequel, Fantastic Beasts, The Crime of Grindelwald. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, they, it on that tape. It seemed like uh, on it, 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 you can hear Amber saying, "Oh, uh, did I hit you? Uh, or did I not hit you hard enough?" Allegedly, it's not looking good, and they've been going back and forth, back and forth with this. So uh, we'll see what happens. But see, I'm, I'm going to go back to this double standard thing. If if when Johnny Depp was accused of domestic violence, they still kept him on his movie. Now that now the tables are turned, now they're thinking about taking the role from Amber Heard when, you know, why is she being threatened to take away her role when Johnny Depp was still kept, was able to keep his role? Have you have you thinking about that? Um, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, a transgender daughter Zaya, spoke out amid controversy surrounding her gender. The youngster responded to the criticism and sent a message to other kids struggling with the same issues as her. And this is what she said. She said, quote, to anyone who's afraid they're going to be judged, I would say don't even think about it. Just be true to yourself because what's the point of even living on this earth if you're going to try to be someone you're not? It's like you're not even living as yourself. Be true and don't really care what the stereotypical ways of being you is, unquote. Now, Gabrielle Union probably wrote on her social media, uh, meet Zaya. And she's put, she's compassionate, loving, whip smart, and we are so proud of her. It's okay to listen to, love, and respect your children exactly as they are. Love and like good people. Unquote. Now, Zaya, formerly known as Zion, is Dwayne's second child with his ex, Siobhan Funches. The kids went viral in November for wearing a crop top and nail polish in a family picture. She received a lot of support as well as mean comments on the internet. Now, Dwayne officially introduced the news there during an interview on the Ellen DeGeneres show. He recalled uh, his child coming home and telling him and Gabrielle that she don't think she could go forward. She said she's ready to live in her truth and she want to be referenced as she and her. And she said, I love you guys to call me Zaya. Now, the parents fully support Zaya's decision. They even asked for advice from the cast members of the LGBTQ plus show Pose to get as much information as they could regarding transgender in order to give Zaya the best opportunity to be her best self. Good for them. Good for them. And speaking of Gabrielle Union, it's reportedly that she's planning on, get this, to sue fellow American got America's Got Talent judge Simon Cowell for endangering her life by smoking on the set of the NBC talent show. The bad boy two actors was fired from the show panel of judges in November after just one season amid reports suggesting her departure was linked to concern she had raised about a number of controversial incidents which took place behind the scene creating a toxic work atmosphere. An investigation into the complaint is currently ongoing, but according to Britain Mail on Sunday's newspaper, Union has settled her dispute with the network and SECO, Cowell's Entertainment uh, Empire, over her departure, and is now planning to personally sue the mogul herself. Now, a source said that Gabrielle was always crossed that Simon would smoke when the cameras weren't running. And for her, that was a big deal. She believed his smoking had put her life in danger. It can cause cancer, and she doesn't think she deserved to have been at risk when she was at work. 
this lawsuit would be sent to Simon at any moment, and she's determined to see this one through. Now, California has a strict anti-smoking law banning employers from knowingly or intentionally permitting the smoking of tobacco products in an enclosed place of employment. And not only is California, uh, it's the same way here in New York. New York has an anti-smoking law. You cannot smoke in any public setting, whether it's a restaurant, a library, an office. You can't do it. And we have casinos as well. You can't smoke in the casinos as well. So we have an anti-smoking law. Now, Cowell is renowned for his smoking habits, and he has struggled to quit after admitting to smoking up to, get this, 80 cigarettes a day in the past. Now, I don't blame Gabrielle um, because, see, people don't realize that secondhand smoking can kill you. I hear uh, many stories about how people have contracted cancer, developed cancer, lung cancer, and they weren't even a smoker. They got it from secondhand smoker, either from a significant other, a husband, a wife, a neighbor. Uh, You could be in an office building and they're smoking in the next office or they're smoking in the, the, the lounge area. It's dangerous. And what's the the trip is that the people who never smoke are the ones dying from the cancer, while the people who are smoking are still walking around on this earth. Um, So, yeah, Gabrielle Union is planning on the suit, Simon Cowell. Uh, Rapper Nicki Minaj said that she was bullied into rushing her new single, Yikes. Yeah, she said she was bullied into this rush releasing of her new single, Yikes. Now, the hit maker, the Moment for Life hit maker, latest material hit streaming service last Friday after teasing social media followers with a brief preview of the tune last Monday. Now, fans responded so well that Minaj claimed she felt pressure to finish the song and release it to the masses, while her label chief also apparently pressed her to complete the track. The newly read hip-hop star made the remark in a Twitter question and answer session on Saturday when one devotee asked her how Yikes came about. And this is what she said. She said, I was playing a snippet for my crazy fan, and they made me put it out. They are bullies. I only had one verse done. The label bullied me, too. I've been bullied, unquote. Minaj went on to share how she improvised the hook, and she loved it so much she left it in. Yikes is Minaj's first solo single of the year, but the initial teaser drew some harsh criticism after she referenced late civil rights activist Rosa Parks and her role in sparking the Montgomery bus boycott of 1955 in the lyrics. TMZ subsequently reported that Minaj was blaming bad timing for the controversy, while sources alleged she didn't mean to offend or disrespect Parks. However, Minaj has since made it clear she was unaware of any backlash and she wouldn't have taken notice anyway. The single is expected to feature on the follow-up to 2018 Queen album. And Black China mom, Tokyo Tony, is going to bid farewell to her single life. That's right. The reality TV star recently shared a wedding invitation to her social media followers, revealing that she's going to get married on Valentine's Day. Now, Tokyo kept her wedding invitation simple, putting two photos of her and her soon-to-be husband along with the words that end, 
that read uh, 2-14-2020, Getting Married. Her wedding invitation caught attention almost immediately with people pointing out it's bad editing. Now, details about her partner is scarce, though a source claimed the man is her ex-husband, whom she allegedly stabbed back in 2002. Another source alleged that he also used uh, once used the window to get away from her. And most recently, she shared a video of them getting cozy inside a car. This will be Tokyo's sixth marriage. She previously claimed in an interview that she had been married five times. However, China's father is in one of them. Tokyo's last ex-husband is Marcellus Hunter. They got married in October 2012 before divorcing four years later. And guess who think that uh, who's rooting on Kim Kardashian to be president? None other than Damon John. You know him as one of one of the four sharks from Shark Tank. Well. Kim Kardashian has been actively helping others when it comes to prison reform, and uh, she's attending classes to become a lawyer, and that seemingly impressed Damon John. The investor of Shark Tank even shared in a new interview that he believes that the Keeping Up with the Kardashians star can be president of the U.S. one day. When asked about his opinion on the TV star running for office and her chances of winning the election, the FUBU founder responded to TMZ. He said, quote, I think Kim could be president. She went ahead and she freed Alice Marie Johnson out of jail. She worked with the president, She's going to get a fur- and she's going to get a further education. The businessman also continues saying of the wife of Kanye West that she has LGBT in her family, has mixed relationships in her family, has a family full of women. She doesn't drink. She doesn't smoke. She doesn't do anything else, and people feel like they know her. Now, Kim, who is passionate about criminal justice reform, doubled down the sentiment in a March 2019 interview with the New York Times in which she said that she didn't think that she would run for president. When asked if she could consider to be a president, she said, quote, it would be probably the most stressful job in the world, and I don't think that's for me, unquote. And you know who else filled the same sentiment? Her uh, mentor, uh, CNN anchor Van Jones, he felt the same sentiment. Matter of fact, um, under uh, the as she's getting her law degree, he's helping her get the law degree and helping her uh, prepare for her. um, Well, I heard that in California, uh, I believe California is the only state in the union where they don't have to uh, pass. They don't have a bar. They don't have to pass the bar to. Do uh to become a lawyer, which is kind of crazy, right? Yeah, in California, they're the only state where she don't have to take a legal exam. But uh, Damon John feels that you know she's already got so many followers on social media, and he predicts within a couple of years her followers will grow up to 800 million. And because she has that appeal and no many followers, without a doubt, people probably will support her if she does run for office, you know. Right now we have uh, 23 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every week, between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it or want to know when I come on the air, make sure that on the show pair there's a follow-up button. Just click it, 
and it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, make sure you follow us. We have a Facebook page. Like us. Just go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertaining.radio. Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1. You can also follow me at Stiletto14 on Twitter and on Instagram at T. Jones Gibbs. Hollywood producer John Peters feels like an old fool after calling off an engagement to wed Pamela Anderson. The couple was only married for 12 days, and now Peter admits he feels awful after paying off his ex-wife's debts only to get dumped. He agreed to go public about the disastrous marriage after reading an article which suggested he got hitched on a whim, and Pam walked out because she found him too controlling. He insists Anderson proposed to him in a text. Now, Peter and Pam wed in Malibu, California on January 20th, announced they were splitting on February 1st. He also handed page six, his breakup text, to Pam, which he insists is self-explanatory. Now, here is the latest that just came over the wire this morning. Pamela Anderson and John Peter Split is getting nasty. The 52-year-old actress Amal had responded after her ex claimed he paid $200,000 of her debt during their two-week marriage, accusing him of lying. Now, refuting John's claim, a rep for Anderson told Fox News on Tuesday, these claims are not only entirely fabricated, they are ludicrous. Despite Mr. Peters' uh, scurious and ongoing efforts to elicit a response from Ms. Anderson, she has no comment to provide and hope he is well. While Pamela has not made a direct comment on the story, the former C.J. Parker depictor on the hit TV series Baywatch appeared to address her estranged husband's claim via her recent Twitter post. She allegedly posted and deleted a poem that read, Quote, it's hard to know what to do when people start spreading lies in the press. The damage is done. I hope people understand where it's coming from. I don't want to have to defend myself. It only draws more attention, feeding the problem. In another post, she hinted at being betrayed by someone, saying, quote, from a friend, as long as we recognize insanity, we are sane, unquote. Now, Pamela tweeted, and her rep statement comes after John told the New York Post that he felt like an old fool for paying her almost $2,000 in bills during their short-lived marriage. And you know what he said? He said, there's nothing like, he said, there's no fool like an old fool. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting how, um, you know, before this whole quick marriage started, they knew each other before that, and matter of fact, they had dated before, or he had wanted. He, well, he was in love with Pamela for a long time, but according to this alleged statement, he's saying that Pamela was the one that proposed to him. It wasn't the other way around. But um, he said that he felt like he got taken advantage of because she allegedly married him because, of course, he's a rich director. And she has a lot of bills. She's in debt up to her head. And she figured, oh, you know what? Let me marry this guy. He got money. And let me ha- I'm going to see if he can help me with my bills. He paid them. And now he feels that he was taken advantage, I guess. Uh, but according to Pamela, that wasn't the case. But, uh, you know, and I always say a lot of people... 
when you think you know somebody, you don't know a person until you actually have to live with that person or marry that person, and especially if it's uh, you don't know that person fully or you only know them for a short time or you only knew them for two months, three months. I never understood how celebrities would get together, hook up with someone, and then two or three months they're talking about they're ready to walk down the aisle, and they don't even really know that person. It takes you about a year or two to actually really know a person. And then next thing you know, then you're wondering why divorces are so high in uh, Hollywood. Right now we have here uh, 28 minutes after the hour uh, coming up. We're going to be talking about uh, the movies. Uh, actually, uh, Margot Robbie's uh, movie, Bird of Prey, didn't do so well. It got a lukewarm uh, performance, only grossing $33.3 million. I'll tell you what other movies uh, also did well. Also, uh, you, remember, you know the actor Danny Trejo? Well, he's one of the most he's he's one actor who has the record of being well, I guess you could say of dying the most in films. He talks about it, I'll tell you about it later. And Sylvester Stallone is joining forces with blockbuster king Michael Bay for a new action thriller. And Ice Cube next film will be a knockout. He has signed on to play a coach in a real-life boxing tale. And Aerosmith drummer Joey Kramer, he's getting ready to return to the stage with his bandmates. And Janet Jackson is hitting the road again for her Black Diamond tour. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere. Welfare 
said, baby, we working, what would they give us? Made me some comments, judge still gave me a sense, no period. City girls in the skin, when it's really real, when your bank account's 20 million, your house up on the hill in your pants. In the driveway, you walk out and see the girls they got. You believe, make sure you pray when you kneel.
The film, directed by Kathy Yan, struggled at the international box office, too, generating just $48 million from territories outside of North America, although Warner Brothers studio officials cite the uh, coronavirus outbreak for putting a big dent in global box office figures, uh, p- particularly in Asia. Despite the disappointing start, it was enough to beat Will Smith and Martin Lawrence's Bad Boy for Life, which falls to second place with $12 million after three weeks at number one. Oscar favorite 1917 takes third place with Doolittle and Jumanji the next level, rounding out the next top five in fourth and fifth place, respectively. And Machete Kill star Danny Trejo has made history by dying the most times in films. The actor, a former convict, has starred in 398 films and television projects and died in 65 of them, beating out Christopher Lee, who previously held the title, with 60. Now, Buzz Bingo conducted the calculation using Cinemorg and IMDb, noting that Lance uh, Henriksen is third on the death list with 51, followed by Tom Sizemore and Eric Roberts. Shelley Winters led the record for actresses who had passed away on screen with a total of 20, while Julianne Moore landed in second place with 17. And Sylvester Stallone is joining forces with blockbuster king Michael Bay for a new action thriller called Little America. The Rocky star will front the futuristic film set in a time when Americans have become a bankrupt war zone, taking on the role of a former army ranger hired by an Asian billionaire to find his missing daughter. Bay will serve as executive producer on the film, which will begin filming this summer following Stallone's next project, Samaritan. Stallone also has Scarpa, The Expendable Four, and Tough As They Come on his slate for 2020. Ice Cube's next film will be a knockout. He has signed on to play a coach in real-life boxing tale, Flint Strong. The rapper-actor has joined the cast of Universal Picture, dramatic adaptation of T-Rex, a 2015 documentary about teenage boxing prodigy uh, Clarissa T-Rex Shields who won the inaugural Olympic gold medal for women boxing when the sport was first introduced as a competitive event at the London Olympic Games in 2012. Ice uh, Cube will play her coach, Jason Crutchfield. Actress Ryan Destiny, best known for her musical drama series Star, will play Carissa, a Flint, Michigan native who was 17 when she won gold in the middleweight division and repeated the feat at the 2016 Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia. Ice Cube, a huge boxing, boxing fan, had an impressive team in the ring for the project. Flint Strong will mark the, the directorial debut of Black Panther's director of photography, Rachel Morrison, who made history as the first female cinematographer ever nominated for an Academy Award in 2018 for Mudbound. The script will be written by Barry Jenkins, the writer-director of Oscar-winning Best Picture Moonlight and 2019 hit If Bill Street Could Talk. Aerosmith drummer Joey Kramer is set to return to the stage with his bandmates in Las Vegas on uh, Monday night, just weeks after they told him he wasn't good enough for their Grammy weekend shows. Kramer uh, Kramer took to the band to court last uh, month after learning he had been frozen out of the group's performance at the Music Care Person of the Year tribute and the Grammys themselves. 
Now, Steven Tyler and the rest of the band made Joey audition for his spot after he underwent a shoulder injury that kept him off stage last year, and when he failed to impress, they opt to use a replacement for the big show. Kramer lost his bid for reinstatement, but now it appears his bandmate has had a change of heart, and he'll be back behind the kit for Monday night set in Sid City. Sources tell TMZ that the band feels Joey is back at his best. And I know uh, Janet Jackson's fans just are just all in, in this ecstatic because she's hitting the road again for the Black Diamond Tour. That's right, the Nasty Singer will kick off the world tour in Miami, Florida in June and play a total of 34 dates in North America before hitting Europe. The Trek stage to promote her new album, also called Black Diamond, will feature nightly performances of the Rhythm Nation 1814 album, which recently marked its 30th anniversary. Black Diamond will be the singer's first studio album since 2015's Unbreakable. And sharing the news on her Instagram account, Janet wrote this. She said, uh, quote, hey, you guys, I heard all your wishes, and now from my lips to your ears, I'm working on my new album and going on a brand-new world tour this summer, both titled Black Diamond, unquote. Now, this is what she also said. She said the reason why she chose the name Black Diamond is because black diamonds are the toughest of all the diamonds the hardest to cut. And she said, quote, I see that as the hardest to hurt or destroy, there is a lot that I have endured. I see myself as a black diamond in its purest form. I'm a rock. I have rough edges, but I keep moving forward. I want to show you my strength as well as give you strength, unquote. All right. And Rage Against the Machine will tour the world in 2020 after taking a nine-year hiatus. The iconic band had announced 40 shows on the back of their reunion for the Coachella Festival in California in April that kicks off in El Paso, Texas on March 26th. Tom Morello and his bandmates will perform at a string of festivals, including Boston Calling, Firefly, and Leeds, and Reading in Britain before concluding the track in Krakow, Poland on September 10th. All earnings from their first three shows in Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona will benefit immigrants' rights organizations, with the band pleading to continue to donate to several other charities throughout their trek. Run the Jewels will serve as the band's opening act. And Jennifer Lopez has partnered with concert promoter Live Nation for a multi-year touring deal. Following her acclaimed performance with Shakira at the Super Bowl halftime show last weekend, the On the Floor star has signed a major touring deal with Live Nation, and this is according to Billboard. Uh, Brad Wayra, the senior vice president of touring at Live Nation, said that Jennifer Lopez has given fans spectacular live performances for decades through sold-out tour dates and her Las Vegas residencies. Wayra said it was work they that they it was working on the uh they were working on her uh 2019 in my party tour which they saw that Jennifer when she had celebrated her 50th anniversary I'm sorry her 50th birthday on the road with hits including Ain't Your Mama, Let's Get Loud and Live It Up that cemented their working relationship. Now Lopez recently teased new projects were on the horizon sharing a number to 10 on Twitter to keep updated with the latest new music news from the star. 
And jail rapper Takashi Six Nine is facing another legal headache. A Miami, Florida rapper has accused him of ripping off his work. According to court documents obtained by the Blast, young Gordon, real name Seth Gordon, is suing Takashi Tay Keith, an official that created music group for copyright infringement, claiming they use radio drops and sample them on Takashi hit Stupid without permission. Young Gordon claimed that the track even opened with a drop he wrote and performed. He is suing for an injunction prohibiting Takashi from continuing to make music off his work plus unspecified damages. Meanwhile, Takashi real name Daniel Hernandez is serving time behind bars for gang-related racketeering and firearm charges. He is expected to be released later this year in 2020. And Miley Cyrus and Dennis Quaid joined the Doors legend, uh, legend Robbie uh, Krieger on stage last Saturday, February 8th, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the band's iconic album, Morrison Hotel. The stars gathered at the Sunset Marquee in Los Angeles to fet the project on the eve of its half-centennial at a party co-hosted by fashion designer John Vervatos, where Kruger, Krieger and the... Tanglier Blue Band performed with a host of special guests. Now, Cyrus made an unannounced appearance alongside producer Andrew Watt to cover Row House Blues, while they also delivered a rendition of Black Door Man. I'm sorry, Back Door Man. Now, the British musicians, The Stretch, they shared their take on Riders on the Storm, and Quay rocked out to L.A. Woman, while other performers, including Gary Clark Jr., Michael Bolton, and the Eagles of Death Metal. The bass also marked the 20th anniversary of Los Angeles Morrison Hotel Gallery, where photographer Henry uh, Ditz captured the famed 1969 image of the doors, which would become the cover artwork for the groundbreaking 1970 album. Venue bosses paid tribute to the occasion by launching a new exhibit featuring rare outtakes from the impromptu photo session. Right now we have here 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere.
That was the latest from the weekend called Heartless. Right now we have here about uh, 10 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, Green Day's frontman Billy Joe Armstrong is too upset about the current political climate to find inspiration for his music. Green Day famously penned their 2004 album, American Idiot, to denounce then-president George W. Bush, which has subsequently had made into a rock opera. However, Billy says fans cannot expect a follow-up about President Trump because he's too angry to write songs about politics at the moment. Drummer and band goof Trey Cool said that even when the band got political, they used to try and promote unity, something they feel that's distance now. He said, quote, the world has become so divisive. He, we wanted to try to bring people together. It's become something of a far-out concept to love each other, unquote. Their new album, Father of All, is out now. And Ariana Grande reflected on the lasting impact her life-saving record, Thank You, Next, has had on her as she celebrated its first anniversary on Friday, February 7, 2020. The 26-year-old singer released a hit album following the death of ex-boyfriend Mac Miller and a failed engagement to comedian Pete Davidson just six months after her previous effort, Sweetener, dropped. In a candid Instagram post, Grande confessed the album gave her the courage to be vulnerable and be honest with people. Making his, uh, she explaining that making this project with so many dear friends quite literally saved my life and gave me the courage to be vulnerable and be honest with people. Thank you for making me feel hard. No, thank you for me making me feel heard, safe, and incredibly human. Unquote. Explain working on the album, which include tunes like Seven Rings and Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored, had been so healing. She admitted talking about her struggles helped her connect with so many people over her truth and pain. Ariana went on to say that she has been working on new music, but it may be a little way off yet. And Kobe Bryant will be laid to rest at the Pacific View Memorial Park in Corona Del Mar, California, after his memorial service on February 24th. According to his death certificate obtained by the blast, the late basketball legend's final resting place will be near that of his daughter, Gianna, 
Both were killed in a helicopter crash on January 26th. The official cause of death for both was blunt trauma. Official has already declared bad weather was a factor in the fatal helicopter accident, which claimed the lives of nine people. A memorial service for Kobe will be held at the Staples Center in Los Angeles on February 24th. And the Real Housewives of Atlanta star Candy thinks that her time on the Bravo show won't be long. According to a new report, the TV star wants Bravo to give her a spinoff series at the network starts to fire OG Housewives from the Bravo franchises. An insider explained to Radar Online saying, quote, that she's worried that her time on The Real Housewives of Atlanta is coming to an end. The source note that the reality star recently pitched a spinoff show about her growing family and her businesses. Candy's anxiety over her future on the show is understandable. Bravo recently fired The Real Housewives of Orange County star Vicki Gunvalson and Tamara Judge, who were both making over $1 million per session. I'm sorry, per season. And CSI uh, has joined the long list of shows to receive the revival treatment. The reboot of the long-running crime drama, which ran from 2000 to 2015 and became one of the world's biggest hits on the small screen, is reportedly in the early stages of development. And according to Deadline, original series creator Anthony Zucker is in talk with executive producer Jerry Bruckheimer to bring the old gang back together, led by William Peterson and Georgia Fox. The drama led to a series of spinoff hits, including CSI Miami, CSI New York. The show joins projects like The X-Files, Roseanne, Will and & Grace, and 24, which had all been rebooted since Departed TV. Meanwhile, Kelsey Grammer has confirmed a revamp of his hit comedy series, Frasier, is nearing a shoot. And Mark Ruffalo has been tapped for a leading role in a new television spinoff of director Bong Joon-ho's Oscar-winning film, Parasite. The Avenger actor watched from the audience as the filmmaker picked up four trophies, including one for Best Picture at the 92nd Academy Awards on Sunday night, and now he's in line to star in a TV series adaptation for HBO Network, and this is according to multiple reports. Now, sources tell Collider director Bong is teaming with Adam McKay on the new five- to six-episode series, and Ruffalo has emerged as a front-runner. The star is one of the leads, although the exact details of the character he'll be playing have yet to be revealed. The filmmaker who made history at the Oscars as Parasite became the first foreign-language film to win the Best Picture trophy recently opened up about some of the ideas he may include in the TV series adaptation. The Parasite series is expected to begin filming in 2021. And the long-awaited Friends special is reportedly moving forward with the show original cast set to return. According to Deadline, the hour-long special will help launch the upcoming streaming service, HBO Max, which will also house the entire Friends library, which ran from 1994 to 2004. A deal is apparently ready to be linked Inked for the uh, uh, unscript reunion special with David Schwimmer, Lisa Kudrow, Matthew Perry, Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, and Matt LeBlanc all expected to return. Each of the six stars will be paid between three and four million for the show. And meanwhile, the cast of the show has been open about their interest in reuniting for a professional project after keeping up with each other in their personal lives. 
Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. And I know that uh, for those who have been supporting my show and been listening to my show for the past 10 years, you know every Valentine's Day I do a Valentine's Day show uh, to celebrate Love is Holiday, but unfortunately I'm not doing one this year, the first in over 11 years. And I'm a little sad about it because, you know, I always like to play my favorite love songs and R&B slow jams during Loveless Holiday. But unfortunately, this year I'm not doing one. But um, if you are interested in a Valentine's Day show, you can always tune in, go back to the archives, and listen to last year's Valentine's Day show. And even if you're not celebrating uh, Valentine's Day, it's good to... Um, have some soothing, relaxed music, even though, like, say you had a hard uh, week, say it's been a rough day and you just want to come home and chill and just relax with some soothing music, I recommend Valentine, my Valentine's Day show here on BTR. Just go to the archives and type in Valentine's Day tw- show 2019. Well, again, tune in next week. We do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Make sure you stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.